Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Zoom in on global affairs with insightful debates and exclusive interviews. This is World Insight. Hello and welcome to World Insight to the 19th Asian Games. I'm Tian Wei, reporting from Hangzhou. The games begin on Saturday with a two-hour opening ceremony. It shows great enthusiasm for sports and the diversity of Asia. Rapid technology advances in the region also adds great flavor to the ceremony. Up for grabs are 481 gold medals across 15 days. A glimpse into the main media center of the games, one could tell this could be the one for the books. Present in Hangzhou are biggest names in sports from Asia and beyond. One of them is Juan Antonio Samaranch Jr., the International Olympic Committee Vice President. His itinerary is absolutely packed this time, just like any other time when he traveled to China. Coming from a family with a rich Olympic legacy, Juan Antonio Samaranch, now Vice President of the International Olympic Committee, understands all too well what it takes to organize a mega sports event, such as the 19th Asian Games. And its success does not just rest on its medal tally, but even more importantly, its legacy. How well do the Games impart the spirit of sportsmanship? How well could they bring more sports stakeholders together in the long term? That task is well reflected in his itinerary during his trip this time to Hangzhou. The morning after the 19th Asian Games opening ceremony, Samaranj already arrived in Ningbo, a few hundred kilometers from Hangzhou, to meet with his local counterparts to nurture sports beloved among the youth. Ningbo locals are the true sports lovers. It's even the hometown of some of China's biggest names in sports. Among them is Wang Shun, the last torchbearer of the 19th Asian Games, who literally lit the tower flames. The meeting with the Ningbo mayor was quite engaging. Both sides strongly support sports for the youth. The local was also eager to work with the Summer Ranch Sports Development Foundation to give his hometown sports a leg up. I can see that you're a straightforward person. I earlier was there watching you, your interaction with the mayor of the city, and then your interaction with the locals straightforward, direct to the point. Well, I mean, you have, I, I try to uh, respect protocol. I try to respect, um, be respectful with everybody that I encounter. But yes, you have to go straight to the point. I mean, life is so fast today. This is not the 19th century, not even the 20th. <laughs> and time is precious and with respect and with uh, common sense, I'd rather go to the point. This is all based on decades of friendship, the efficiency that you're having here, based on decades of friendship and trust between you, your father, your family, and China, it seems. Yeah, it's, um, we are signing, uh, we are launching today a project between the Samaranchi Xi Xinhui with uh, this uh, wonderful school of uh, Ningbo Sichen uh, Senior High School. And uh, it's 
really based on, on an idea that we had when my father passed away in 2010. I was thinking always that I had inherited something very valuable. Was, that was the relationship with my late father with your country. And I had to find a way of keeping that alive. And the way of keeping that alive, we thought, was creating a foundation. The foundation is not of the family, it's a Chinese foundation under the uh, uh, control and patronage of the um, Ministry of Public Affairs in Beijing. And it's been a very good idea. We've been able to develop so many good projects for Spain, for my country, for Olympism, and for China. There's a lot of pressure to be the son of Mr. Samaranch, the former president of the Olympic Committee, isn't it? Well, I don't know pressure. I mean, I don't know if you could call it pressure, but I had been asked the question, this question many, many times. Is, is it very difficult to be the son of? And I always have the same answer. Much more difficult would have been not to be. <laughs> Being the son of a, a great man has been, a, of course, an encouragement. It has been, it's a challenge, but it's a great opportunity, come on. So his time is so different from yours. The glorious days of his time was like the climax of globalization. International Olympic Co Committee and movement has a great contribution to that. But now, thinking about the challenges today, some people talk about deglobalization, you know, divide, the division, de-link, and things like that. Very different. Yeah, but, but it's not that our times are worse or better, are different. It's only different. Life evolves, and uh, his generation, they had to go, so we're saying that ours is more difficult. His generation, at least for a European man born in 1920, he went through a world war in Europe, through a civil war in his country, through 25 years of extreme poverty in his country, so, I mean, and our generation, yes, we complain about it. You know, our generation, what we consider a disaster, that internet is not fast enough. That's a drama. For them, the drama was to eat, to get food after the war, and not be killed, and not be drafted, and, and, and have to fight against your brother in a civil war. So, let's put things in perspective, and be very thankful to that generation. They fought hard for us to be here today. Yes, we have problems but are not comparable. You are there also to witness many of the uh, regional and global world uh, sports events. For example, at the Asian Games, 19th. The ceremony was uh, marvelous. It was a combination of beauty. It was streamlined. It was not noisy. It was not, I mean, it's, it's, it goes with times. It was artistic. And it's, it was really, really very nice to see that such a beautiful thing can be done. I think it was the perfect um, first step of these extraordinary games. And you will see that this Asian, 19th edition in Asian Games in uh, Chinese soil will be very, very successful. And for your perspective, Asian Games are much bigger than the Olympic Games. So you people organize these things and you make it look like nothing. And we know how difficult it is. So always impressed with the organization capacity of our Chinese friends. Mm. You were there playing a critical role during the Winter Games. 
and that has left another very different stage of legacy for the Olympic movement and certainly for Chinese uh, cities hosting the Olympic Games. Well, the uh, Beijing uh, winter, it has many, many angles. I, that we could have a, not an interview, we could, have, we could write a book on all the things that happened there. First and utmost is the, uh, really the uh, gratitude that the Olympic world has for Beijing and for China in a difficult, dreadful situation with the pandemic, uh, with no possibility of traveling, with no activation of the sponsors that we had, and with no public understands, basically, many other countries would have had doubts. Beijing never had doubts. They went forward and they did it. Now, another aspect important of Beijing is that the legacy of 20, 2008 summer games in the same city has been totally utilized to make sure that everything makes sense, that there is no waste, that the facilities built in 2008 could today be still current and being used for the uh, uh, Winter Games. So it was a big effort that helped the Olympic movement like you cannot imagine. And now you put a lot of efforts into youth sports, new sports, fashionable sports, bringing all of the different stakeholders together as the bridge. Yeah, I mean, the, you are touching on something which is very delicate, especially these days, in which we are deciding on the Olympic program for 2028 Los Angeles Games. But yes, I mean, we cannot just go for fashionable sports. We have to keep traditional sports, but also we have to give the kids, like the kids we met uh, uh, some half an hour ago, you have to give them what they want. I mean, there are many sports that they do not relate to. And skateboarding, they do. So we are bringing and trying to adapt ourselves. And we listen very much to the youth and very much to the, uh, to the athletes of the world on how to move forward. But striking the balance between tradition and innovation, it's a very difficult thing to do but something we don't uh, stop looking for it. Building consensus is always the most difficult thing. Mm. No, 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 no. Consensus is impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> no, it's not difficult. Consensus is impossible. Okay. That everybody would agree is not possible. We are not looking consensus. We are looking whatever works, whatever works. The combination of sports and programs that can attract the largest possible number of people around the world to be inspired by the Olympic ideals, with or without consensus. Looking forward. Absolutely. Okay. There's a lot of dynamic in China, you know, bringing sports together. So you see the local enthusiasm, for example, in the city of Ningbo earlier, about bringing more international sports, new sports onto the scene. Is, uh, what role will China play? China joined the uh, international sports community in the year uh, 84 mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. In the Los Angeles Games were uh, yes. this 1984. fantastic medal. I remember watching the games, so excited. The medal in shooting. Shooting. She had the first home. medal. Yes. My father. Handed over. Hand over. Yes, the medal. The medal. So um, from there you were a, a big country, mm -hmm. but a small in performance, mm -hmm. in, in performance sport. 
you have done you have gone a long way you have organized you organized that that was the uh, the tipping point of many things mm -hmm. the olympic games summer olympic games in 2008 yeah and right now you are among the top three top two mm -hmm. top one many times yes sport uh, performance country during the olympic games but we had the olympic winter Games. we had the winter sports and now we have had last year the beijing uh, winter sports very successful mm. and, and and you will see that this is unstoppable mm. china will gain a similar status in winter sports as it does in summer sports mm. in a very short period of time so mm. you are taking a role of leadership in sports performance mm. and you have already a leadership in sports event in sport events organization mm. You are reliable, efficient, and uh, loyal, and trustworthy partner. Right. I've seen only uh, sportsmanship in your athletes when compete. They win, they're happy, they lose, they are respectful. So I don't agree with that um, possibility. And about trying to grab as much organizing power as possible, mm -hmm. I would be very, very clear mm. to say that uh, It is very easy for many countries, very easy for many countries to say uh, we don't want to go to games or uh, competitions in China because mm. they do too much. Mm. Why don't you organize yourself? Because then you tell them, do you want to do this? No, 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 it's too complicated, mm. too expensive. No, no, no. So this is something very curious. No? They, very interesting, a phenomenon, isn't they it? They say, ah, we don't want um, China. We don't want uh, many countries. They only want countries alike, that they can they have the same culture, the same political system, the same... Uh, and then you say, we're happy to uh, discuss with you. Do, you do it. So uh, there's a little bit of double standards in, mm. in, in those comments. You do think? Of course. Well, you will be one of those very few that still dare to voice this out. And I might get, uh, I might get suspended. <laughs> no, 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 no. Seriously, I, well, I don't. I think it's sometimes life takes a little bit guts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's something. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's not offensive. It's, yeah. it's stating a fact. And no, no. I, I hope I'm not offending anybody. Yeah. But it's true. So, what are some of the other cities you are looking forward to travel? What do you, you know? How is your dream likely to be in the next few years related to China? Well, I don't know related to China. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let, me, let me organize myself. At One the, step at a time. <laughs> from, from here to Christmas, to, to the end of the year, where I will, I will go uh, next month to uh, India. Okay. To Chile. All right. To Mexico. Mm -hmm. I, hope that's, I hope that's it for, for uh, uh, long travel. And then we have many meetings coming in Lausanne, in Paris. Yeah. So, So Very exciting itinerary. Yes, good. Yeah. Good. yeah, I have to go. It Thank was a so pleasure much. seeing you, you so today. Much. Yeah, hope you have a great trip. Okay. Coming up, China has actively hosted big sports events since the 1990s. How hosting these games paid off, in the words of a sports hand at the Olympic Council of Asia. Next.
Welcome back to World Inside with me, Tian Wei. The legacy of China's efforts to host the major sporting events began from the Asian Games back in Beijing in the 1990s. Over the past decades, China's taken a big leap in sports development. Team China has made major breakthroughs at the Summer and Winter Olympics, as well as other major global competitions. Wei Jijong from the Olympic Council of Asia is also the honorary life vice president of the organization. He has been an active player and witness to it. I ran into him in the corridor of the main press center right after the last media conference before the games began. What a pleasure to see you once again. Yeah, yes, we are old friends. We are long-time friends. Long-time friends. Dating back to before the <laughs> Olympic Games. Yes, yes. So I was seeing you on the stage responding to questions coming from the journalists. There yeah. were a lot of misunderstandings and misconceptions mm -hmm. about exactly what's going on. Uh, uh, so how important it is to communicate all these messages clearly to the rest of the world? Because uh, in website, everyone, they can express freely their opinion. But sometimes, sometimes, someone didn't know exactly the background. They didn't know what exactly what happened. Yes. So, by imagination, they say something we can understand. Mm. The most important is from our side, from the media side, we make some uh, correction. May, we made some clarification in order to let everyone, yeah. especially media, to know exactly what, what, what had been happening. Why the misconceptions and misunderstandings continue, you know, even today? They continue because everyone, they have different positions. They have different interests. So, different interests. This is understandable. The most important flow communication. Indeed. We know each other. Mm -hmm. We can find exactly the truth. The most important is the truth. The truth can correct any misunderstanding. Thinking about 30 years ago, the Asian Games then, and the Asian Games now, how do you see the level of uh, professionalism in terms of sports in Asia has been overall, in retrospect? Yes, I think we have two professional athletes. We have, we call it amateur athlete, yeah. because now the professional athlete, their level in Asia is going on. But in the meantime, we should pay attention to the amateur athlete. Because the, all the professional athletes are coming from the amateurs. We prepare the amateurs. We welcome the amateurs to compete with the professional. This means we promote the professional players. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I know you've been, and together with your colleagues, doing that. But thinking about it uh, today, um, you know, how uh, China's uh, understanding of sports and sports events, you know, since the Beijing Olympic Games until today, mm. has been evolving so far, given the big backdrop of the world. Mr. Because, Wei. Because for all the games, we have to think about three aspects. 
number one is sports attraction. Yeah. All the game will promote the development of sports. This is very natural. So, from the other side, some people, they focus on how many of you invested in the Asian Games, mm -hmm. how you can get back 50 years of sports experience for me. That from economic point, you, we have to pay attention to the alternatives of the games. We have a positive, sometimes we have a, a passive, no much. The positive aspect, positive economic impact yeah. is not in sport, but in the all fields. This uh, can last very long. Can so we speak of a heritage. Heritage. That is a heritage. Heritage. For example, sport, they generally say all the sports facilities are heritage. Yeah. All the material heritage can be download the value. The most important is the sweet spirit value. The spirit value will last forever. What are the categories that you are watching very closely in terms of where Asia is in the sports of the world? And also, uh, which games would you tune in, definitely? For me? You have to say... Uh, I'm, I'm volleyball players. Yes. I was always natural. My, for me, number one was... Uh -huh. But every sport included in Asian game program will have a future expansion. For example, we put eSports in, eSports in. So now you cannot get one ticket from eSports. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, I hope that Asian game, if possible, will accept more sports, more popular, in order to promote, promote some new sport for the fun of, uh, of sports lovers. Right. Because everyone is interested different. Very true. Thank sure. you so much. Thank you. Thank it's you. great to have this reunion. Yes, okay. And that's all the time we have here for today from Hangzhou, the host city of the 19th Asian Games. As the games continue, we're going to bring you all the latest and exclusive interviews with key players, both on the court and beyond. I'm Tian Wei on behalf of my teams in Hangzhou and Beijing. Bye for now. Once upon a time, in a land not so very far away, Stories were told of the brave and the bold. The whole court fell silent to hear what the great warrior Mulan might ask for. Of mighty deities and powerful immortals. Immediately, the shimmering skin started to grow before his eyes. Of fated love and love sanctified. In dawn's golden light, Niu Lang said, 
Marry Me. Of great journeys across fantastical landscapes. So the cat and the mouse climbed on the dog's back and the dog swam across the broad river. In the company of friends and enemies and unimagined beasts. Good to see you. Of ordinary folk with tantalizing stories to tell. Heroes and heroines all. It's incredible. How did you do that? Tales of sad sacrifice and victories snatched from the jaws of defeat. Stories of the wise, the accomplished and the quick of mind. 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa Talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get on our wavelength every week to find out what's real with China Africa Talk. Find us on your favorite podcast. We'll see you there.